everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Carol Dixon Carr. When people ask Carol what she does for a living, she simplifies by saying, I teach people stuff. Teaching is her passion. She currently teaches economics and workplace writing at Southern Methodist University and her teaching doesn't stop on campus or do the subjects. She has a passion for things that keep her sane, such as music and movement, and they started out as hobbies but became money makers in private music lessons, play shops, and fitness. Her days are never dull. So welcome, Carol. Thank you, Liz. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> so can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? Yeah, that's a long story. Let's see how we start. Well, I can rewind back to right after graduate school when I was feeling super restless. And I, I even in graduate school, I was I'm like, I don't think this is it for me. I'm just trying to make people happy because they see this analytical left brain girl and figures that's what she's supposed to do to make the money, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, just do music as a hobby, blah, blah, blah. And and I followed that path for 13 long years. <laughs> and it was, I, I was miserable. I went through a whole lot of um, trials and tribulations on that journey with depression and not feeling worthy and, you know, and just being in a, an environment where my talents weren't appreciated. And I knew that there is a more holistic view to how I could approach life that I was feeling stifled in that environment. And it really wasn't until I moved to Dallas where I had some autonomy at the university. But even then, I'm like, I still want to do more stuff. I don't want to quit this job because <laughs> all the other jobs, I'm like, oh, after like two years, I'm like trying to get out, you know, but usually I'll last about five. And then I'm like, I'm out of here. But I've not wanted to leave the university because I have a lot of autonomy and uh, a lot of freedom to create my own curriculum and that kind of thing. But it's still more left brain than right brain. There's some creativity, and then we've had this conversation, there's creativity and everything, but there's some traditionally creative stuff that I can do there, but it's not to the extent that music and movement, they just really, like the lady you had on, she might've been the most recent one about dance. When I- mm, Jordan Wentz, yeah. Yeah, when I heard her, I'm like, yeah, I get that totally. That's, uh, it's a saver. So I used to do that more for hobbies. And then I got into- I got into the music stuff in 2012 on a whim because back in 2010, I applied and I'm like, I don't have a music degree. I just have passion and, and some talent and I love to teach. <laughs> so, and then I let self-doubt when they said, okay, we'd like to interview you. And I didn't reply. That was 2010. And then I came back 
then when I was actually, I was actually on an off campus, I was um, in New Mexico and that little niggling was saying, hey, you really do want to teach music lessons, don't you? Yes, I do. So I paused, <laughs> I paused my lecture prep and I said, well, let me reactivate that application. And then by the time I got back to Dallas, they did interview me and they saw how passionate I was. And I was already volunteering for the kids choir. I was the choir director for the youth choir at the church I was at at the time. And I think the passion just shone right through. And I was like, oh, I don't have a music degree. What am I doing here? You know, but then when the five-star reviews started coming, showing up on the site, I started to get a cycle of confidence and it started there. So that was like, yeah, no, gosh, I was 45 then. So it took me a bit to think about um, doing what I'd actually like to do on top of what I feel like I had to do. And now it feels like, now I feel like, and I even now have a grader, so I don't have to do all of the grading because that was the most tedious part of my, you know, my university gig. So, yeah. And then in the last three, now it's coming up on four years ago when I was tired of the instructors canceling. I'm like, this is my medicine. I need to move, you know, and people were canceling. So I remember Facebook messaging the area manager of 24-hour fitness at the time because that was the gym I belonged to. Hey, what's a girl got to do to teach here. You know? <laughs> so, so on a whim, I, I said, do you need a certification to do dance fitness? I could do dance fitness. I don't have a Zumba cert, but can I, I could do hip hop. So <laughs> it's just like, all right, get a couple of routines together. And um, so I tried, she only gave me a week. So I didn't get it the first time. I'm like, I'm not giving up. And so I went back and auditioned again and she gave it to me. So yeah. And I was pushing 50 then. So I'm just like, goodness girl, better late than never. <laughs> so that's that's kind of that journey too. <laughs> it's so true that when we are meant to do something, it's just going to keep coming back, coming back. And that self-doubt is, and we'll talk about that a little more, but um, that self-doubt that gets in our way, if we're meant to do it, it's going to keep coming back to you. So eventually you just got to just step into it. Just step into it. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. then I, by 2018, I was like, I'm still restless. You know, it's so funny. And then I had a coach help me. She goes, well, you need to do because, you know, you're, you're way deep in personal development because I got my coaching. You know, I got the coaching background from 2004. I didn't rewind all the way back to that. But that was yeah, because I and like in my first episode, first or second episode on my podcast, I talk about that journey of yikes, I got it, something's got to change. But fast forward to that, she goes, you have an abundance of knowledge from the speaking and coaching and motivational world, and you need to tie all this music and movement and written word together. And so I was doing these play shops in 2018, 2019, then COVID hit, and I'm like... <laughs> I want my face-to-face dance partners with affirmations, <laughs> but it wasn't happening. And I just didn't want to do it on Zoom because I was on Zoom enough. So I pivoted a bit and thought, all right. The other coach was like, well, you're a micropreneur, so you should help people do the same thing. If they want to work with their multiple passions, you, you'd you be the perfect person to help them with that. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Again, when you're open to things, you know, your path can just, it flows easily when you're open like that, right? So, so important. So important. Mm -hmm. So what does healing with creativity mean to you? Yeah, for me, it almost feels like, and I know that traditional medicine definitely has its place, but I, and I, I, my daughter has, you know, has had some struggles with depression and we had you know we think you and I had a conversation about that but for me it was I always felt like I needed to do it through some kind of creative outlet I so 
I and I don't know if that's the the fact that I didn't go on meds was a bad or a good decision. It was just a decision I made, but it was for me, it felt good to every time I move, every time I journaled, every time I played the piano, or if um or if I'm singing along to something, it shifts, it really shifts the mood. And and I remember times when I was like super depressed and then I did a choir rehearsal, nobody would ever know because I'm in the realm of music and people singing with me. And that's just a, that's such a vibration raiser for me anyway. So th that's what, for me, it's really the music and the movement for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so then what inspires you in the work you do? Sometimes I feel like it's self-serving. <laughs> the inspiration comes and like, oh, this feels good to me. And then by extension, people are feeling good by the energy that I'm emitting, that kind of thing. Because you know, if you're teaching a Pilates class and you're doing some things that are super hard, <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. So uh, the inspiration is like, okay, well, we're getting stronger. <laughs> you know, we're getting stronger. And this might not be fun in the moment that some of those plank exercises, they're not fun. <laughs> but we are uh, making ourselves stronger and in our mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, all of that is being covered. So I think that's the inspiration, just having all four domains covered in the fact that we're doing these things, whether it is music or a jam session, because even when I teach nowadays, when I'm teaching uh, the piano, it's I said, I'm not teaching competitive piano. I'm teaching piano that'll make you feel good and take your mind off your homework, for, you know, for a bit. Uh, and, um, you know, I can teach some music theory, but this is not one of those pressure practice this exact same thing over and over and over again. We just, what, what do you want a jam session? Okay, let me, let's pick out these chords and let's see what that looks like. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, that's a lot, but we're going to work on that. We, and we're having a lot of fun with that. So that kind of thing. So the inspiration is just knowing that I'm relieving people's stress mostly and mine at the, by extension as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So one of the questions that comes up a lot for healers and creatives is monetizing your work. What are your thoughts about monetizing the work you do? It, I, for me, it wasn't, it was interesting because I always thought they would just be hobbies. But then when I felt like there was, and it just kind of fell into it because I felt that there was a need and it wasn't being met. I, I you know, I, and as far as the music, teaching the music, I think, I think it was one of those, one of those, I don't even know, I'll give you the divine download that comes to me. And I, even though, like I said, I don't have a music degree. So I think it depends on, and I don't know what other people's beliefs are, but for me, it's like some kind of intuitive hit if it should be monetized or not. And I, not everybody, not, that's not everybody's jam. They don't all have to be monetized if they don't want to be. It just happened that I ended up monetizing some of the things I, what I called them hobbies before, but now they are, they are, they do bring in some cash too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I think we don't value ourselves enough often. So we're always a little bit nervous about monetizing or how much do we charge or, or you know, things like that. So there, there's a whole, I mean, we could do a whole episode just on that. Right. But <laughs> For sure. For sure. It is, ultimately it is a personal decision, what you do and how you do it. I personally believe your self-value is tied to it. So that's really important too. But so you talked a little bit about this, about um, dance and music, but my question is, what is the creative healing modality you use the most for yourself? Oh, it's 
definitely the music, whether it's, uh, it's, yeah, because I remember Wednesday, I was having a day. I'm like, this, whoa, this day is not getting any better until my piano student came. And then I just, then I turned on, I told Alexa to play the songs and I started singing and washing the dishes. And then I'm like, oh, hmm, I've always paid attention to the vocals. I wonder how you play the accompaniment. Pause. Got on to the piano. And then I started, yeah. So I think music, because I was really having a day up until Wednesday. I was like, oh my gosh, this day started off bad and it was getting worse and worse. And then she came, she came over. We were masked and, you know, we're facing different, she was on her keyboard, I was on mine, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was, that was a shift for me. And I just, I said, like, I know that I could be doing class prep, but right now I need to figure out these chords for this song because this feels good. <laughs> so I think music is definitely that. Yeah. And I think when you find that thing for you, that you can step out of whatever you're feeling, whatever, you know, it's so important. And, and you found that in music, which is great. Yeah. What, what would you say you're the proudest of in your life? Hmm. That's a good question. What am I proud of? Hmm. Because I think, I think sometimes I think about things that are an extension of me as I watch my daughter, because she's overcome a lot. And she's also music. She's got music gifts too. The girl can sing her face off. <laughs> and, um, and I just lo- I watch her confidence. So I, I watch the, the watch, watch how she's overcome all the horrible stuff that she dealt with in in high school and then watching her have a platform on YouTube. She was not afraid to come out to her parents. She did it publicly and asked me to share it on social media. So heck yeah, girl, people need to hear that it's, you know, you can't pray away the gay hello, you know? It's just so stupid when people think that that's a, that's a thing that you can do. Oh, don't even get me started on that one, but yeah. <laughs> So that's and so I she said share can you share the YouTube video on social media yes she shared a video about um you know overcoming depression and giving resources I was so proud of, I think yeah I'm Maya <laughs> she's my so she is a part of me I feel like I'm most proud of her <laughs> interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, that's understandable that's she's understandable. my one and only <laughs> she's my one and only child <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important that no matter, you know, whether our kids follow the path we think they should or not, that we believe in them and we um, are proud of them for doing whatever they need to do. Right. Yeah. So so important. Yeah. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? Just one aspect, huh? (laughs) Gosh, from like 2016 forward, I was writing all kinds of songs about getting along and listening to each other. That's, yeah, so it'd be a better understanding of where people are coming from because we are more divided than ever. And yeah, that was the other thing. I was like, I was looking at the lyrics from 2016. (laughs) It's like, they are all, can we all just get along? Can we please listen to each other? Let's, you know, stop the hate. There's a lot of, yeah. So I'm really unity. I know world peace sounds so pat and trite, but yeah, I really want people. But wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it though? (laughs) Yeah. I want us to understand where people are coming from. People are not listening to each other. And I think that's a problem because everybody has their own filters and come froms. And if people could just sit and listen and understand where they were coming from instead of just making these assumptions, I think we could save a whole lot of hurt and turmoil. Even though I know hurt people hurt people and that's a vicious cycle if they don't have the self-awareness. But 
So maybe self-awareness as well too. Self-awareness and the ability to get people to listen to each other. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that answer. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, about uh, struggling with imposter syndrome in your work, right? And have you, you have, you mentioned it. Um, how, how have you worked your way through it? I know. And I wish I could say it was just like a miraculous thing. I felt like I was always overcompensating to make sure that I serve. I always want to serve who I, my, the clients. It's one thing when you're just creating just to feel good and you're not going to show it to anybody or have anybody listen to it unless they happen to be in the room kind of thing versus wanting to serve your clients or your students. And so I went, I went, I went waist deep and I said, let me go, let me get some instruction too, because, you know, I was self-taught in a lot of ways. I'm like, I'm going to get some instruction. I'm going to, so I can at least be this much ahead of the person. So with the music theory and that kind of thing. And, um, and then I, I, the positive reinforcement that I got from that. So intuition, I think, over time, I think was mostly intuition and being able, I knew I had a gift of reading people. And if this technique didn't work, I would shift midstream. And, and I, so I think intuition helped with mm-hmm. that. And yeah, and honestly, seeing the five-star reviews on the site, I'm like, okay, I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah. That does help, doesn't it? When yeah. other people go, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, that I, does I, help. Yeah. And I think, you know, as women, I think we kind of over deliver our own purpose because there's an expectation. I think that's, yeah, anyway, yeah. I could go on and on about expectations of women and Black women in particular. So, absolutely. Yeah. Because we'll be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? I have, um, there's, and there's one that was, um, that I posted, I don't know the, the whole length of it, but Miriam Williamson's one about showing up and shining. I, it's, I don't, I could probably dig it up on Facebook and, and cause that's where it is in my profile. There's also one about showing up with who you are. Uh, George Washington Carver had a good one too, but I can't remember them. I just only remember the essence, like the Marian Williamson one that they think Nelson Mandela did it, but it was actually, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the our darkest fears or something about, it's like, who are we to be awesome? Who are we not to be? I honestly don't remember the quote, but I remember the essence. It's like, show up and shine. It's okay, because you give other people uh, permission to shine as well. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best. I was ones. just going to, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our it deepest is. fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. There was one that um, there was, and I can't remember. There, there, there was that one, and there was yeah, it was another one that was tied to, you know, showing up and being who you are. You, you know, and I'm having a brain fart, <laughs> like a massive brain fart. <laughs> Well, if you think of it, let us know and we can add it in the notes. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, because and actually my cousin had tagged me on something. Um, yeah, let me see. Yeah, there's George Washington Carver. There it is. So since new developments are the product of a creative mind, we must therefore stimulate and encourage that type of mind in every way possible. And that's George Washington Carver. Yeah. Yeah. I and I think ultimately it all comes back to being our most authentic selves. Right? As we can step into that, it just frees up everything else. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed? I know you have a free gift for people. 
your uh, career personality quiz. Yeah, and I also just recently created the Facebook group for my the podcast, uh, Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life. So we can have conversations about the episodes. Um, I don't think I sent that to you because I had created it after the fact, but since my podcast only has six episodes and you are episode five, <laughs> but I want to get that. Well, by the time this episode airs, you know, you'll be a little further along, but yeah, we'll definitely add this, uh, a link to, to that as well. Cause I really did um, appreciate being on your podcast. I thought it was really great. So yeah. I've shared that as well. So yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add for today? Yeah, I think generally speaking, listen to your listen to your heart and your intuition because it usually steers you in the right direction. And now sometimes people wonder, is this wishful thinking? Is this dreadful thinking? Or is it I think you what you need to do if you're not sure if it's wishful thinking wishful thinking or dreadful thinking is start thinking or feeling start also feeling <laughs> feeling kind of where does it feel in your how does it feel in your body as you think about these decisions and the things that you decide to do in life because mm-hmm. if you are very you know if you're in tune with your physical feeling when you have these thoughts then you'll know that you're making the right decision and even with a quote-unquote wrong decision it's also a learning decision so mm-hmm. I say and it took me a long time. I say there's no failure, just feedback and lessons or blessings, B-L-O-B-L-E-S-S-O-N, blessings, blessings and lessons. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I call it failing forward. Yes. You, you don't make much movement if things come easily, right? So right. you're going to, oh, that, that worked. All right. And then, but if you, if you fail at something, then you're like, well, what do I have to do to change that? What how can I move forward? And man, you learn a lot from those failures. So for sure. Absolutely. I think about some of the things that I used to be. Oh, that's the other one. The 11th commandment is thou shalt not beat up on oneself. Ah, I used to violate that one all the time. <laughs> it's like the things that I would call myself, I would never call anybody else. You know, the, I, I thought about that. I'm like, you know, shift that language, you know, up until now I did this thing that didn't make the best, most sense, but now I have learned that that doesn't make the best sense to do whatever silly thing that I did or, you know, I, I think I might have ADHD and I'm not diagnosed and that might be part of it. I don't know. The shiny object syndrome can get me. So mm-hmm. I'm easily yeah. distractible. So my task lists keep me on, keep me on task. So I don't drop any of the plates. So yeah. it's been mentioned to myself as well that I may have that, but yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I just like a lot of things. I like to be, you know, try this and try that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's good for the soul. I don't know how to, I don't know how to just do one thing for the whole entire day. I think that would be like a prison for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even imagine it. I can't, but, but I want to thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And to our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day? Both currently available on Amazon. 
click the link below to purchase yours now.